Hey guys, TJ Leffler here. I just want to say thank you for joining and I want to let you know that you're in the right place if you want to get back to basics so you can get more out of life by doing less than you think. We're going to cover a lot of different things in this episode, but I want you to know that the most important thing you can do is to remove the ideas that you have about the things you're about to listen to, okay? I want you to approach this episode like a child. What can you learn from this experience? I've gone through a deep awakening. I've hired professional help. You're going to hear from multiple people throughout the course of season two, all through my voice and the notes that I've taken and the process that I've gone through, okay? I want you to be able to take this and make it practical and actually apply change to your life. So all that requires is for you to just have an open hand as you listen, all right? I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Also, I forgot to mention that I accidentally wrote a book and I mean that genuinely. We were trying to create a guide for what you're listening to and I wrote too much. So we created a book and it's awesome. It's going to be online at corepillars.com, C-O-R-E-P-I-L-L-A-R-S.com or tjloffler.com. Highly recommend as a gift or just checking it out if it's something that you want to come back to because you like what you listen to. Thank you guys again for being here. I appreciate you. Diet is the first core pillar to what I believe is a sustainable life. And I elaborate on this in my book, Back to Basics, but I want to use today as an opportunity to get into some of the details about some of the topics that I'm bringing up in that book that's meant to help you make transformation in your life. Today's episode is meant to be very much the same, just in an audio format. I want you guys to not just receive this as information, but as something that can really change your perspective so you can start seeing transformation in your life. And specifically, when we talk about diet, there's many different topics that you could consider. I mean, you could talk about the different things that you eat, recipes, the latest trends and fads, etc. We're not talking about that today. We're not talking about information that is going to be the latest and greatest scientific research about what you need to know in your diet. What we're talking about today, when I think about diet, is the area of my life where I've experienced the most transformation, and that's in energy. We're talking about energy. And for a long time, I was living on this yo-yo of energy, very high, very low, and frankly, it's tiring. And it's from that place of striving that led me to burn out. I detail this, uh, or I talk about this in more detail in the episode uh, where there's the foundation in mindset that you need. So if you haven't listened to that, be sure to go do that before you get into the core pillars. But in my life, what I want to talk about today are some timeless pieces of perspective that have changed the way that I think, that have changed the way that I behave, and what diet means to me, why I needed to understand what my body needs, not what your body needs or what anyone else needs based on the latest food blog or the podcast episode you listen to from who knows who, you know, latest expert in the field. I want you to be able to make practical changes that are going to help you start feeling better because that's the reality here is, and I'm going to qualify myself. You shouldn't listen to me. You shouldn't listen to anybody. The best thing that you can do for yourself is know what your body needs. And when I say you shouldn't listen to anybody, what what you need to do is make this a priority. You need to make this a priority for your life to understand what your body needs. And that doesn't mean you need to go on an elimination diet necessarily, like a lot of people are doing. It doesn't mean you need to say gluten's the enemy or sugar's the enemy or whatever other people are saying they're doing. What it what it means is, and we're going to talk about this, you need to understand what your energy level demands are, and you need to understand what is the right input for your energy level demands. And are you meeting the requirements that your body needs, or are you limiting yourself and 
restricting, for example, what you eat, what you take in your body, because you think that that means you're being more healthy. And I'm going to talk about some of the mindset shifts that I had that helped me start to change the way that not only that I look, but also the way that I feel and how I got my hormones a little bit more imbalanced. Because here's the reality, you cannot willpower your way through hormonal imbalance. And you'll start to understand that once you start to recognize how much you're masking your low levels of energy. Now, I want to talk about my awakening to the need for a better diet and how this happened really by accident. It's an important lesson on how you can do things you don't want to do or don't even know you need to do when you align those things with what motivates you. So I'm just going to give you this example because I think this story is helpful. I didn't know how badly I needed to learn about and change some of the things that I'm going to share here much of which is pulled from my book, Back to Basics, right? But the other thing was that learning about my diet didn't really excite me. Like this wasn't something that was exciting. Uh, knowing what that information could do for me though, that was an opportunity. And I saw it as an opportunity in business. Why? Because I didn't know how to market myself. A lot of the, the coaching that I do, at least earlier on, I started realizing that it's very intimate. It's very personal. It's very transformational. And we get to the root of mindset before strategy or tactics. In other words, people don't come to me for how do I live more productively? They come to me because they want to answer deeper level questions about how to break cycles that they've been in for their whole life. And they've just started to wake up to the fact that it's really caused unhappiness or a level of discontentment, a level of of apathy or lack of challenge or lack of clarity or lack of purpose and all these other things. And so we get to the roots of those and we unlock that's what the word I use. We unlock or have breakthrough. And then they start to see their life make or experience change over time. But what I realized was that this work that I do wasn't, there wasn't a really effective way for me to actually get that out to the world. And so what I thought about is, well, how do I grow my business? And the best way to grow my business was to offer something more to the existing clients that I had. So if I was selling t-shirts, I needed to start offering shoes because that would complement the outfit. And for me, I was so focused on the spiritual, mental, and emotional side of things. I thought, well, the physical side has to come with it. And I can't take people to a place I've never been. So I realized I needed to go on that physical journey as well. And as I did that, I started messaging friends. I started messaging people that I thought maybe had more expertise than I did in this area. And I recognized through coaching that there's a significant value in blind spots and understanding that you don't know what you don't know and how these things can limit you from not just your performance, but also really living the life that you want to live because we have core beliefs that dictate and drive our decisions. But those core beliefs are often assumptions that are not true. And we've developed those assumptions over time based on what people have said to you or done to you. And so for me, I knew that I had blind spots, but I didn't know what those blind spots were. I just was aware that I had them, specifically as it related to diet. So I started having these conversations with friends, trying to find a registered dietitian or nutritionist who I could work with to understand what these blind spots were. And as I started to work with this registered dietitian, Kristen, who you'll hear from in the last episode of this season, I started to discover a lot of things that I needed to really make the change in my life. And it wasn't about necessarily how many calories I was eating so much as it was about why I was under eating. And I want to I wanna dig into this because I think you're going to you're going to really resonate with this message. Okay, so as I started working with a registered dietitian, I didn't have a weight problem to my knowledge. I didn't have an eating problem to my knowledge. I was healthy to my knowledge, but I thought I needed an expert to weigh in so I could genuinely speak with integrity to other people who I wanted to invite on that journey. Clients I was working with at the time who I knew needed some support in that area of their life. And 
Some of the things I learned were pretty surprising. Just to name a few, I wrote three of them down. Number one, and I mentioned this briefly, but I spent years of under eating. I spent years of under eating, ignoring hunger pains and other signals that I was destroying my body. And if you think about that, that is such a powerful thing to actually come to terms with. And I think a lot of people need to recognize this. Calling coffee your breakfast and skipping lunch and having an apple as a snack and moving throughout your day to dinner and having an unhealthy dinner where you're either not, and I say unhealthy, I'm not talking about just the type of food, but I'm also talking about the quantity of food. There's there's an issue, we're going to talk about this, but there's an issue with being malnourished amongst people who would otherwise think and call themselves healthy. And that was me in a lot of ways. And so I was ignoring these hunger pains. And as I talk about it in the episode labeled Mindset, or Mindset on the foundation of mindset you need to have to approach these core pillars to living a system sustainable life. The car didn't crash. It just slowly broke down. And I was ignoring the signs of the signals on the dashboard that I needed more oil and more gas. And what happens is eventually will not work, not function. And that's what happened as I started to wake up with a pattern of recognizing that I was so not motivated anymore. The most motivated person I know, I would wake up and I remember thinking mid-20s, I was like, what happened? Why am I not motivated? It must be the job. It must be something related to my career. It couldn't be me and how I've aligned or not aligned by priorities and what was within my control and what I could change without changing my career. And I share that because I think there's a lot of people looking for answers in the wrong places. And so I want you to understand that because I found more meaningful work, more purpose and more alignment with who I am and what I'm gifted in and how I could contribute to the world. And I still ran into this wall again in my later 20s. And so it was really this awakening and this first part of what I'm learning that I wanted to share with you that it was really an awakening that I had been under eating and that was not supporting me and the energy demands of my lifestyle. And I could have purpose and all the clarity that I wanted, but if I wasn't taking care of my body, I wouldn't be able to live sustainably. Now, a second thing that I learned that was pretty surprising to me and not that groundbreaking in terms of when you think about you know this revelation, but it's really powerful when you actually let it sink in. I learned why I was so moody and what changes I needed to make to get off that yo-yo of being high on energy, low on energy, wired at night, tired in the morning, snoozing five times when I wake up and thinking that that's normal. And I really had to take a step back and recognize, wait a second, my moodiness is not so much a function of all of this stuff that I could point to in my life as whether it's not making enough money, starting a business or not having the right opportunities or maybe not being where I want to be in life. All the things that we're quick to point to that are higher up on what you think of as the hierarchy of human needs. It's really foundational. It's our basic needs, which is why I titled the book Back to Basics, because we need to get back to the fundamentals if we want to build the house that we're going to live in the rest of our life in a sustainable way. And so I learned I'd always been so moody and I learned about all these different things that were inside of me were really changed effectively when I started thinking about my diet differently and started making changes there. The third thing I learned was that our bodies need something different based on the energy that we require. Now, that's not crazy, but I never really thought about myself requiring a lot of energy because I was sitting at a desk all day. And to me, energy output meant I was on a field playing lacrosse or I was being active. I didn't think of sitting in a stressful situation for 12 or 14 hours, 16 hours at a time. I didn't think about that as being energy demanding in the same way. And so I restricted what I would eat because I didn't think I needed it for the energy that I required. 
And as a result of all the other things that I was learning about diet and about myself and this, this process of becoming a healthier person, I had also started to limit what I would eat because of all the conflicting messages around me, around what was the right thing to eat? What was the wrong thing to eat? Is sugar bad? Is meat bad? Am I destroying the environment? And is the world going to end if I have a hamburger? I mean, genuinely, like I would go to the grocery store and I'm going to talk about this in a second, but I wouldn't know what to buy. Now, if I were to frame this whole conversation and bring relevance to you guys who are listening, okay, I think it's very easy to miss the fact that there's an entire audience in the world who is not being addressed because of the extremes when it comes to this topic. And what I mean by that is on one side of the spectrum, you have people dying from starvation. Globally, more people die from starvation or malnourishment than from smoking. And so you have millions of people struggling, suffering from this and from not having enough calories. And even if they have enough calories, not having the right calories. But then you have on the other side, you have over a billion people who are overweight or obese. And so you have the other side of the spectrum. And so we think, well, if we're not on one side or the other, then this isn't relevant for me. But what about the people who are in the middle of those extremes? And if you're like me, then that's you. And this is for you. I want to open up a new way of thinking and living for you in this topic. And I'm going to do that through a few signs that appeared to me in this process that I wrote down that signal you might need to change. Number one, and we talked about the energy yo-yo, but having peaks and crashes throughout the day, often with rapid mood swings, that is a clear sign that something's off hormonally and even as it relates to what your body needs through a diet, through the energy demands, the energy output that you have in your life. And you might not be meeting that those energy demands in a balanced and sufficient way, two different things. We're going to talk about how you can meet that in a second. Number two, you might have a mental perspective and this is a common myth, maybe one of the most common myths, that eating less means I'm more healthy. And that was me because I'd grown up as an athlete. And like I said, if I wasn't on the field or on the ice or wherever it was, then that meant that I wasn't using a significant amount of energy and my brain didn't need that energy like my body did when it was functioning in full capacity as, as an athlete. And so therefore, I didn't need to put a lot of thing in my body. And so I restricted myself. And really what this got down to was the fact that I had a poor relationship with my body because I wanted to be attractive to somebody else. And because I wasn't attractive to myself, I would starve myself, literally send fake starvation signals unknowingly, unconsciously, by not eating for hours at a time, leading to the point of hunger pains. I would unconsciously not feed myself because I wanted my body to be attractive to somebody else. I couldn't accept the fact that my body and my lifestyle had specific demands and I was not meeting those demands and I was doing it for the sake of someone else. In other words, I wasn't being kind to myself. And this all revolved around body image, something that a lot of men aren't talking about. And it wasn't necessarily an eating disorder so much as it was, uh, I would say, an eating dysfunction. And I think a lot of people have an eating dysfunction, not so much a function of their relationship with food, but actually as a relationship with themselves and their own body and their desire for belonging and attractiveness to other people and what they've chosen to believe about themselves and the world around them and what they need as a result of those core beliefs and therefore leading them to starvation or leading them to a point of hunger pains, which is really a sign of, hey, my body is going into a position of functioning differently because it's not getting what it needs. Your body doesn't know the difference between you actually starving and you sending it a signal 
signal that it's not eating. So it needs to go into starvation or preservation mode. And that's something that was eye-opening to me. Now, as I think about the third surprising thing, walking around the grocery store, feeling like I couldn't buy any food. And if you're listening to this, you can like quietly raise your hand if you resonate with that. There's so much conflicting information out there. As I started working with a registered dietitian, I started realizing that I wasn't eating, not just as a function of poor body image, which was a, a really deep inner core belief, but on a more surface level, because I just didn't know what I could eat anymore. Was I supposed to be a vegan? Was I supposed to be a vegetarian? Is any fish good for me? Does it all have mercury? What can I eat? What can't I eat? What should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? There were so many conflicting thoughts because I was relying on self-sufficiency. And it took having somebody who had relative expertise speaking into my life to say, hey, you have permission to eat meat. Your body needs that energy based on the energy demands of your lifestyle. You travel a lot. You have deep, really personal conversations with people that require you to show up spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and even physically during those conversations. Your body is using a ton of energy. You have permission to eat meat. But here's what's more important is understand how your body responds to that. And one of the reasons that we can't and that I wasn't able to understand how my body responds to different things was because I spent so much effort, really money and energy masking low levels of energy that I had in my life. And how that practically looked is, for example, using caffeine. For example, finding external stimulus through things like travel so that you can feel alive because you literally are lacking so much energy inside in your day-to-day -day life. These are just specific examples. Now, I'm going to just break down three concepts for you before I give you some questions to consider and some practical tips at the end. But I want to talk about energy, emotions, and explanations. And as a result of the three signs that I just gave you that signal change, I want you to think about it in this framework or way of thinking, this perspective across energy, emotions, and explanations that you have so that you can think about what you need to change. First and foremost, and I talked about this earlier, but food is energy. And I want you to think about energy as a dimmer versus an on-off switch. Okay. I used to think that energy, I either had it or I didn't. It's an on switch or an off switch. But what I've come to realize is that energy is much more of a light dimmer. And so what I'd become accustomed to was a very low level of light, a low level of energy. And I think a lot of people will resonate when I say this, but we've become accustomed to working in the dark and it puts a strain on our eyes, right? It puts a strain, I'm speaking metaphorically, it puts a strain on our bodies when we're when we become accustomed. Sure, we can do it. But what I talk about in the mindset episode is that functioning doesn't mean you're healthy. Sure, you can work in the dark. That doesn't mean it's healthy or good for your eyes. Sure, you can operate with a very low level of light, i.e. energy in your life, but it doesn't mean that it's good for you. And so what I want you to do is just think about this as a light dimmer and think about where am I on that spectrum? Do I have a lot of light? Am I energy rich or am I energy poor? Am I at the lowest level of the dimmer where the light's just barely on when I'm getting up in the morning. And one clear example is when I'm hitting snooze five times. And that's a reflection, frankly, that's a reflection of, sure, it's quality of sleep, quantity of sleep, but there's an element here of hormonal imbalance. Adrenaline and cortisol are meant to help you get up in the morning and they are multiples on multiples more powerful than caffeine. Now, if your body is still responding to caffeine or if you can't wake up in the day without caffeine, think about how depleted or how imbalanced your hormonal levels likely are. And the crazy thing is you can 
cannot, and I think I've mentioned this already, but you cannot use your willpower to overthrow your hormonal imbalance. It just, your body will not let you. When you come to a point where your cortisol and adrenaline levels are reversed, literally meaning that they're low in the morning and high in the evening, that means that you're wired at night and tired in the morning. That's totally opposite to the way that you're supposed to function and the way that you're supposed to actually feel throughout the course of your day. And so if that's you, I'm not saying I'm diagnosing, but I'm saying this from a personal experience and from an observation of many other people's experiences who are struggling with this, you know, symptom really of burnout. If that's you, there might be a real need for you to take a week or two weeks or a month to unmask all of the the ways in which you've been trying to cover up your low levels of energy to identify what you actually need. And you might actually need an expert opinion, expert input, so they can ask you the right questions. Remember, the best advice is a question. They can ask you the right questions to help you identify. Maybe you need some supplementation for you to actually get, and I'm talking practical supplements, for you to actually get your hormonal balances to the right levels. Maybe you need to have a hormone diagnostics where you can look at your body and see what's imbalanced, if there is anything imbalanced. Or maybe you just practically need to start eating more, eat on time, and get to bed on time to make that a priority. I mean, there's a number of different things, and I'm not here to say... I know the one thing, but I am here to say that it's important to recognize that there are things you can do within your control to make this change. And it might not require you for you to change your location, for you to quit your job or break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend or get a divorce. Like these are things that that are within your control that are very basic and foundational that would actually change the way that you feel and engage with all these different people and activities in your life. The second thing I want to talk about is emotions. Food is connected with our emotional needs. If you think about a baby, a baby, when they're hungry, they cry right? And so you can see the link between food and emotions. And I think sometimes we put emotional hunger in in the penalty box. And I don't think that that's a fair thing to do because the reality is we're emotional beings. A lot of people are struggling with understanding their emotions. So they suppress or reject them or they empty them from themselves. That's for a totally different conversation. We'll get into some of that in reflection and the core pillar where you're going to actually understand how to, in a healthy way, reflect on what's going on inside of you. Emotions are not meant to be rejected or suppressed. They're meant to be understood. And I don't even believe that we're meant to empty our emotions or that we're meant to fully accept every emotion. I think that we're meant to really understand what emotions mean and what they signal. And so to the extent that we're able to do that, we're able to understand our level of self-control or lack of self-control in any given situation, specifically with regards to eating. Now, Kristen, who's my registered dietitian, gave me a really clear example of the difference between emotional and physical hunger. And physical hunger is, for example, when you could eat broccoli. You're so hungry, you'll eat broccoli. And it's a good example because a lot of people just don't crave broccoli. Now, you may be that one in 10 that does, and that's good for you. Maybe that's not a good example for you. But if you're a nine in 10, you don't. If you can eat broccoli, you're probably physically hungry. Now, the thing to know is that maybe you're eating and you're not necessarily hungry for broccoli. So maybe you do have some level of emotional input. And I want you to know that that's okay. You just need to be aware of it. And for me, that was something that was empowering because I wouldn't then be so critical on myself when I had a craving for this or that. And it allowed me to see that there was something underlying going on. And then it allowed me to change different things in my life or reflect on those things so that I could actually use that rather than reject that or suppress that. The next thing that I want to talk about to frame your perspective and help you shift your mindset around this is explanations. I think this will make sense and tie in with everything that I've just said. Food is a part of our story. Narrate our story 
right? I want you to narrate your story from growing up at where food was whatever was in front of me. That's how food was in my home to college where I had not clinical, but it was clearly depression after going through a breakup and I needed to eat salads to be healthy. That was my mentality. That was the story that I was living on. So I ate a lot of salads. I worked out super hard and I definitely didn't replace whatever I was I was using in my energy. I was not placing in my diet with my food and what I needed inside of me. And then food became an afterthought to money when I started working on Wall Street. I'm just giving you examples of my story and how I can narrate this for you. And then food became a priority. And food, I mean specifically my relationship with food, diet, and how all this stuff works together. It became a priority after my dad died of colon cancer. And that was a real prompt for change in my life. I started recognizing the need to understand how this could impact me for not just the now or how I could be attracted to somebody else or attracted to myself. But I started recognizing the need to understand this for my longevity. And a lot of people, there's a great book out there called How Not to Die. And I referenced this in my book, Back to Basics. This book talks about how people are living longer, but we're living sicker longer. And that's not when you've experienced, if you resonate with this, if you experience people living sicker longer, it is not a good thing to experience. It is really painful. And to actually witness their suffering is such a powerful experience. It will literally be life transforming for you. And I don't wish that for anybody. So what I wish for you or what I hope for you is that you through, for example, my experience and watching my dad suffer from colon cancer is one of the worst things that you can get. People who hear doctors who hear people who are getting colon cancer, I mean, their reaction says it all. And, and a friend of mine, when I called him on the phone, he gave me his reaction, you know, and he tried to make me feel okay, that it would be okay. And there was a path and a plan. But his reaction was, oh my gosh, this is really not good. And I just want you to be prepared for this. And he was right. If you've experienced that, or you know somebody that's experienced that, right? My hope for you is that you let that change you for the better. And I really believe that we're not meant for perfection, but we're meant for progress and growth. And I believe that this, in my experience, can help you grow in this area of your life where you don't have to go through that depression. You don't have to go through you know, that, I would say, lack of priorities or misalignment of priorities where you prioritize money over, for example, what you eat, how you fuel your body, or that you experience such pain and loss in your life where it requires that level of depth and despair for you to actually make a change. I want you to consider the explanations in your life when it relates to food. And it comes back to that question that I gave you in the mindset episode around what is it going to take for you to change your priorities? That's what I really want to understand. All right. Now, as we end this episode, hopefully you're getting a new perspective and hopefully you're able to pause and write things down, just take notes and, and kind of reflect on this as, as you go. But I want to give you some questions to consider for yourself as we end this episode. I want you to know we mirror what we have modeled. And as it relates to just that last point around explanations, I want to ask you, what was modeled for you? What was modeled for you growing up? That's going to tell you a lot about your not just relationship with food, but your relationship with yourself and how you think about all of this. Another question I have for you is, especially as it relates to this topic of energy, how much energy do you have consistently? Another question I have for you is, what does it look like to eat right for you? Not for anyone else. Not what your friend's doing, your husband, your wife, your significant other. Not what your trainer's doing. What does it look like to eat right for you? Not what everybody else on your team is doing. Just because they're doing a 10-day juice cleanse doesn't mean that that's the right thing for you. And is your relationship with food keeping you from the diet, your demanding lifestyle, 
requires. These are some questions I have for you because these questions actually helped me start to get that perspective that I needed. Remember, the best advice is a question. Help me start coming up with some answers for changes that I needed to, to start making in my life for me to actually feel different. And so as it relates to that, three practical things that you can do to change right now. Number one, if you're on the energy yo-yo, I want you to start thinking about how much protein and fiber you're getting in your diet. And I want you to use this idea called pairing. So I want you to use this idea called pairing where you just, when you're going to eat one thing, you add another thing. Example, apples, you can go have an apple for a snack or you can pair that with peanut butter. Now you're getting fiber from the apple and you're getting protein from the peanut butter. Now you can get almond butter and any expert is gonna have their own opinion about all the things that I'm mentioning. I'm giving you one practical example and a principle that you can follow that will help you eat better and get off the energy yo-yo. Energy yo-yo obviously being the highs and lows, the cycles of energy that you're going through throughout the day. Another thing that's going to help you besides pairing protein and fiber in your, in your diet is timing. And I want you to hear that as planning, timing your food. I would go hours without eating. And I mean, like in the seven to 10 hour window. But what I realized is once I started eating in the three to four hour window, and I recognized that hunger, like energy, is not an on off switch, it's more of a spectrum or a dimmer. And I recognized that it's important to eat before you start getting those hunger pains. I was actually able to decrease inflammation, increase focus, increase energy, and my body started to respond really effectively. Timing, again, heard as planning, is thinking about your day and when you can be in that window of three to four hours to eat and fuel your body. Now, again, with all of these things, you don't want to take them as the truth. I want you to use them as principles to apply in your life so you can start making some changes and seeing how you feel, monitoring that over a week, over a month. But it's going to require more than 24 hours for you to sustainably change your life, especially after what could be a decade or more of poor life decisions, of poor work habits. And this has been my experience. The third thing that I want you to take away as a practical change is hydration. One of the most powerful things that I've done, one of the most powerful things I've done in my life is I've started drinking more water. Now, water alone is not the answer. It's about understanding how much water you need. And sure, it's great if you can get higher pH, but if you're not getting high pH water, it does not mean that you can't drink that water. If you're not getting the most pure water in the world, it does not mean that you can't drink it. If you are not getting enough water throughout your day, it is better to get lower quality water than it is to not get water at all. I want you to just give yourself permission to start drinking more water. And you want to drink more water at the beginning of the day versus the end of the day, because otherwise you might have to get up and go to the bathroom at night. But I'll give you one practical thing I do every single day. It's really helped me. And I think it'll help you. Each morning, I wake up and start my day with a 40-ounce water bottle of lemon water. And it, the lemon helps me cleanse my system and reset my system. And we can talk about liver detoxification and the importance of, of the function of your liver and how your liver helps your body know what to detox and what not to. Your body detoxifies itself. Okay, liver health is vital for your body functioning properly. And lemon water just helps support your body in what it's already doing in not having eaten or had anything to drink for six to eight hours, however long you were asleep. Because your liver really has one of two main functions. It has either a detoxifying function or it supports your body in detoxifying by telling it what it needs to detox. And it creates bile to actually break down food or digestion. 
When you think about shampoo and conditioner, they serve two different functions. One's for your scalp, one's for your hair. Well, your liver serves two different functions as well. And just like shampoo and conditioner, they're more effective when they're able to work individually. So it's better if you're able to use shampoo for its purpose, and then when you're done, move on to conditioner for its purpose. And the same is true when you think about your liver, at least that's how I think about it. And it's really actually changed the way that I feel and allowed my body to process or detoxify, go through the natural process of detoxifying when I wake up in the morning. I allow that process to complete or I allow that shampoo process to be completed before I take the next step and move into the conditioner process or the biocreation process for digestion. Obviously, it's not this clear cut and simple, but for the purposes of creating an example that helps you understand how your body might function, I think it's a helpful way to illustrate that there are two different functions that your liver can really be supported in. And that's what I want you to take away from this episode is that you can really support your body in a different way. You can support it in a way that meets your lifestyle demands, your energy demands. And if you take nothing away, I hope that you'll at least be able to understand a new perspective, hopefully a timeless perspective that you can come back to over and over again, as you need to maybe draw from this well and think about, okay, what is it that I missed in that first run in this episode that I could maybe take away the second run? Because listen, there's so much that I've actually really uh, tried to impart in this episode. And, And when I say so much, I mean, there's years of reflection. And there's years of actually finding new direction for my own life in this topic of energy. So just remember, as you're thinking about the best place to start when you're trying to make change in your life is with what's in front of you right now. Focus on one thing at a time. Take one thing from this episode. If it was maybe it was pairing, maybe it was planning and thinking about the timing of eating. Maybe it was the hydration. Those are the three practical things I gave you. I just want you to take one thing from this episode and start applying it to your life immediately. I promise you, you guys are going to have a lot more energy. Thanks for listening. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time, energy, and attention. The best thing that you can do if you got value is share this episode with someone, family, friend, coworker, client, anybody that you think would also get value. If you want to stay in touch with me, go ahead to visit my website, tjloeffler.com, T-J-L-O-E-F-F-L-E-R.com. And there you can sign up to get messages from me, including show notes, subscription to the podcast, weekly letters that I write just honestly, authentically about what's going on in my life or private events that I'm hosting, etc. And the last thing that I'll say is if you really got value out of this season in particular, Back to Basics, my book is going to be available. Corepillars.com, C-O-R-E, pillars, P-I-L-L-A-R-S.com is going to be the place that you can be directed to get access to that book. If you're wanting to go deeper into the subject that we're talking about today, if you just want to have it on hand, it's really meant to be a timeless piece for people to revisit when they need to kind of get balanced. I want you to get more out of your life by doing less than you think. So I've hope that that's a succinct way for you to do that. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. That's all for now. Until next time.